you know, as believers, there's a lot of ways to view God. And well, first of all, they think we realize that we are children of God. We belong to Him. We trusted in Him as, as our Savior. And it says, as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become what? Children of God. So we're children of God, and so we get to do that. But sometimes people look at God, I think, in the wrong ways. And if you notice, I've got here, first of all, sometimes people see that and they think God is the powerful, angry God. It's sort of like he's up there, and he's made the world, and he's just almost waiting for people to mess up. And I've had people say, oh, I just, you know, I just don't want to mess up because God's just, he's ready to squash me or something like that. And he's just waiting for us to get out of line. And the people who see that, they usually think the Christian life is a set of rules. They have all their rules that they're going to do, not only whether they're biblical things they find or just things that in their own mind they've come up with, and that's how they seek to live. There's another way that people look at God, and they see him as the big man upstairs, and he's sort of like the grandfather, and he's sitting in the big rocking chair, and he's going back and forth, and he says something like this, if you need me, let me know. You know, and, and that's sort of how people look at it. And you, when you have a problem, when you have an issue, you, you come to God. But other than that, he's pretty much okay. He's just kind of up there. Then there's a third view, which is what I call that the dispenser God. And there he's there for us. And we, we're supposed to come to him and tell him the things we want. And he's supposed to give them to him and, and give it to us. And if you come to God and you claim it, uh, I want you to give me this and I claim this, he's obligated, actually, to do that. That last view is what's sometimes called prosperity theology. God wants to bless us and give us things. Well, there's no doubt that God blesses us, and he blesses us beyond what we could ask or imagine, and he does give us a lot of things. But when we're talking to God and the way we live, it's not that God's at our beck and call to give us the things that we want. Uh, I've had a, I remember seeing a pastor on TV, and he was uh, what we call the, one of those television evangelists, and he was fairly wealthy and had airplanes and things like that. And he said that if Jesus was here today, <clears throat> he would drive a giant car, and he would live in a mansion. And, and you know, I, I remember what Jesus said. He said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I don't think that's what Jesus was all about. So when we look at this passage this morning, because when you read it, listen to this. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And then it says, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And when people read that very first part, they say, oh, he's asking for blessings. And so we're going to look at this. What is going on? What does he mean, blessings? Because if we're talking about this is a prayer that we want to think about praying, what does it mean when he says, bless me indeed? What's he talking about? And so this morning, we're going to begin looking at the prayer. We're going to help each other as we think about uh, lifting up our, our request to our great God and Savior. Our study has four big things, information about Jabez, information concerning his mother and his birth. We look at Jabez's prayer, and then we actually see the results of the prayer. We, talk, we started this last week, so I'm just going to touch on it. But we saw information about Jabez. Look at First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, and what is unusual. <clears throat> if you study this, as we get to chapter 4, the writer... It, some people think it's Ezra. He's writing and he's giving. He says, here are the sons of Judah. And he lists a bunch of names and then a bunch of more names and a bunch of more names. And he'll say, this person was the son of this person and this person was the son of this person. But when it comes to Jabez, it doesn't say Jabez was the son of. It doesn't say it at all. It just says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez. So when we start looking at this, the very first thing we see about him, he is called more honorable than his brothers. In the midst of listing all these names, suddenly their name comes up. He doesn't say he's the, the son of somebody or somebody was his father. It just says he's more honorable than his brothers. We talked last week that the Hebrew word for honorable has an idea of glory, and it literally means heavy. 
means something really heavy. So he's a heavy guy, and meaning meaning that he was respected. So he could say it this way: Jabez was more respected than the rest of his family. So what in the world, what do we know about him? Well, the second thing that we see in this one verse is information about his background, his birth, and his mother. It goes on to say, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. Now, the name Jabez comes from the Hebrew word word for pain. It's almost like she said, when I had you as a baby, you were a baby, it really hurt. You were a big pain, so I've named you pain. And that's what his name was, Pain. And, you know, we can think about naming our kids Joshua, which means same as Jesus, same name as Jesus. Joshua means God is Savior, Jehovah's Savior. We can name people like Abraham, like the father of many nations. And we, I mean, we've got all kind of, you know, Peter is the rock, and, you know, Samuel is ask of God. And, and I mean, all these great names that you see in the Bible. And then you see this name, and his name's Jabez, and everybody went, Pain? That's where they looked at him and said, Your name's Pain. Yeah. Yeah, I had a friend that had, that had a doctor, and this doctor was named Dr. Payne. You know, and you think, boy, you, well, you go to the, you want to go to Dr. Payne? It sounds a little like maybe you don't want to go to Dr. Payne. But anyway, so his name is Payne. And it says that Jabez, his mother, bore him in pain, and he called him Payne. Now, he, he was more honorable because he did not want to be remembered. And think about it. We talked about it last week. He didn't want to be remembered as the pain man. But something even greater. And this is why when I, when I read this prayer and see the four things that he prayed for, and I think about my life and your lives, and if we said, what if we prayed for the very similar things? What would that do for us and with us? And so let's think about Jabez's prayer. And we saw the prayer. And notice as you go a little further into verse 10, we got this last week. It says, now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, well, he called on God. And to call on God is to pray. He called on God. Now, to call upon the name of the Lord, almost every place in the Old Testament and then even in the New Testament, to call upon the name of the Lord is to call and ask for some kind of deliverance, some kind of physical deliverance. It's like an enemy is attacking you, and you call upon the name of the Lord to be delivered. This doesn't say he called upon the name of the Lord, but it does say that he called on the God of Israel. And so what we're saying is he's calling on God. He's asking for something. He's asking a request. He's calling on the God of Israel. And, and the point is we're going to see that uh, he, he, he asked God for certain things. Now, do you ask God for things? Sometimes people think it's wrong to ask God for things. You know, say, well, you know, you should pray for other people, you know, like make intercession. But when you start coming to God and asking for things, that's kind of a selfish thing. We'll talk more about it in just a second. When you look at the prayer, let me read it to you. Now, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and you would keep me from harm that it not, might not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. The four things that we see, and we're going to see them the rest of the time, the next, this lesson and the next three after that, we're going to see the four aspects of the prayer, which is blessing, service, power, and protection. Now think about this. You come to God and you say, God, I want you to bless me. I want you to use me. I want your power and I want your protection. And we'll talk about it as we go through this. Now, what is unusual is look at the very end of the verse 10. What does it say? And God granted him what he requested. Wow. 
You know, we taught, we did a whole thing on prayer not too long ago, and we said that whenever you offer prayer, God always answers every prayer. The answer may be yes, the answer may be no, and the answer may be wait. I mean, so God answers prayer. This one, he prayed specific things, and it said God granted him what he requested. Now, he, he's granted, let me just say this, in my life, he has granted so many prayers, it's not even funny. I got, let me tell you this. So I had to go pick up Catherine on Tuesday. She's flying in from Pittsburgh. And so she's flying in, and she just wants to get off the plane, and I'm going to Oklahoma City, and I know that I think you could just drive up and maybe pick up somebody, but you're not supposed to stop. And so on the way there, I said, oh, Lord, I don't want, you know, it's already 5 o'clock traffic because that's when she came in, and I'm just barely getting there, and I'm saying, oh, Lord, if there's a way, I'd like to just drive up and Catherine walk out. I mean, that would be a great answer to prayer. And guess what? I drove up, and as soon as I drove up, she said, where are you? And I said, I'm just pulling up. She said, I'm coming out the door. I looked up, and she was, as far as that guitar, walking out the door. Just as I pulled up, she got in the car. That, that, would that be an answer to prayer? I mean, it was, right? Right? That's not a miracle. I mean, that's, you know, but that's an answer to prayer. Now, in this book, he might say that was a miracle, because that's how he defines a miracle, is meeting someone when you, you know, at the right time, that kind of thing. I, don't, I think a miracle is when it goes against the laws of nature, like walking on the water and parting the Red Sea and those kind of things. But anyway, God answered that prayer for me. Sometimes he doesn't answer them that way. And so it says God answers his request, granted his request. So we're going to look at that, and let's start with the very first part. Notice what he says, oh that, you would in, in, oh, that you would bless me indeed. So this is the first aspect in this blessing. And we see there's emotion connected with it. Sometimes the Bible doesn't put the emotion in, sometimes it does. Notice what it says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. The way it's written in the Hebrew has an idea of an emotion there, that it's not like he goes, um, bless me. He's going, would you bless me? Please bless me. And so what, what does that call about blessing? Because when we think about blessing, and that's what he says, God, please bless me indeed. Have you ever asked God to bless you? Have you ever said, oh, Lord, please bless me? You know, that, that almost sounds selfish. In fact, when somebody says that, there are two th things. Is this a selfish thing to ask? And what is the blessing? And so we want to look at that. What is it? Because it deals really with two different things. So let's start with this first one. And that is, is it, is it selfish? Do we ask for blessing? Is this a selfish thing to come to God and say, God, I want you to do this for me. I would like for you to, I would like for you to bless me. Well, we, some people say, well, you should not pray for yourself because that's sort of a selfish thing. Well, let me ask you this. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Let me give, throw you some verses up there. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says, it says, it gives you four words for prayer that says these prayers should be made for all people. One of the words for prayer is to ask for something for yourself. That's one of the words, okay? And in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, what does it say? Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your what? Your request. The word request there means to ask for something for you. Is it okay to ask for something for you? Of course it is. Luke chapter 16, verse 1, Jesus said, you ought to always pray and not faint, not stop. And this word prayer there has the idea of just asking for something. It's, it could be for yourself. It could be for others. And then in Matthew 7, 7, what does he say? Seek, ask, knock. And, and he said, if you, you're seeking, you're asking, you're knocking, uh, you'll get it. I mean, bottom line, that's what he's saying. So he says, ask. And then look at this one. I mean, I, I'm a, I didn't put the verse up, but it's on uh, 1624. It says this, until now you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive 
that your joy may be made full. And then James chapter 4 verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not, what? Ask. So is it okay to ask for something? Of course it is. Is it okay to pray for us? Yes. Is it okay to, to worship God? Is it okay to thank God? Is it okay to, to deal with sin? Is it okay to ask for something? When we did the prayer study, uh, I don't know whether it was summer or the last spring, last spring, but we talked about that. We said you can, you can ask for something for yourself. You can ask for something for others. You can just worship God. You can deal with sin. You can praise his name. You can be thankful to him. All of those are aspects of prayer. So it, it is not selfish to ask for something for yourself. The second thing is, what is the blessing? Notice it again. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Well, this is where I think confusion comes in because I've had people say blessings. When they think of blessing and you ask for blessing, that means you're asking for something. You're asking for material things. I mean, many people think they're at, that, that we're asking for material like money and possessions and long life and things and health and all that. You remember when Solomon became the king and, and he went to God and basically said, God, here's what I need. I need your wisdom because these people are great and I'm just like a... I'm like a kid. I don't know how to rule over these people. I ask for your wisdom. And God came to him and said, well, you didn't ask for riches or long life or death of your enemies or anything like that. And you asked for wisdom, so I'm not only going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you all those other things as well. But for us, sometimes people look at this and JBS says, oh, bless me indeed. And people say, yeah, he's just asking for money and possessions and things like that. Well, and, and people say it's not right to ask for that. Well, I think they misread it. He's not asking for that. In fact, when you see the flow of the prayer, and this is how you know it, if we only had, bless me indeed, we would know exactly what he's talking about. But look at the rest of the prayer. He says, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and you would what? Enlarge my border, that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from harm. And so these aspects of the prayer, of, of the blessing come out. He says, expand my border. You know what that means? We're going to see more details of it. It means to use me. He didn't say expand my borders, plural. He said expand my border. And I think he's talking about what I do, how you use me. And then he says, let your hand be upon me. That's God's power. And then he says, keep me from harm. We're going to have to talk about that one because that's a little bit complicated. When we get to that last lesson there on that, we're going to see some really unique things. And so he's asking God to bless him by using him for his glory. Now, let me ask you a question. If you said, oh, Lord, would you bless me? What would be the greatest blessing that God could ever do for you? See, we all go, hmm. Would it not be that he would take you and use you for his glory? Is that the greatest thing that could ever happen in your life? That you could look back, if, if you could look back in your life and say, God took my life and he used me for his glory. You, when you think about Romans 12, when he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your what? Your bodies as living sacrifices, holy except of God, with your spiritual worship service. Do not be conformed to this world, be transformed with the reunion of your mind, so you may know what the will of God is. The whole bottom line is that you give your life and say, Lord, I just want my life to count for you. Would not the greatest blessing of our lives be that God would take your life and use you for his glory? I think that's what he's asking for because you're going to see the flow. It, let me, I think I can, can I go back? Yeah, look at the flow. Here's the blessing. Bless me indeed. Expand, it, it should say expand my border. I, I made a mistake. It should say expand my border. Let your hand be upon me. Keep me from harm. And so here's what we have. He says, he's asking God to bless him. 
Why don't you, the next time you, you're by yourself, say to the Lord, Lord, I would ask you that you would bless me by taking my life and using me for your glory. Would that not be the greatest blessing of your life? He's asking God to bless him. He wants to be used by God. And this prayer goes on to say, and God granted him what he requested. So whatever it means to be blessed and enlarge the border and put your hands be upon me and keep me from pain and all that, he answered that. Jabez is requesting God to bless him. And I think the greatest blessing is to be used by God. Think what that's like. I did a... I was reading one time back in Exodus, and it was Exodus 34. I was just reading through the Bible. And, and, and it came there, and it basically told us what God is like. Exodus 34 says he's uh, a God of love and grace and mercy and slow to anger and long-suffering, which means love never changing. And he says he forgives sins. He deals with sins. God is, an, is amazing. He's beyond us. And so, wouldn't it be the greatest thing to say, Lord, would you take my life and bless me by using me for your glory? Now, what that boils down to, and that's a big decision, because we always tell people that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, what does it cost you? Absolutely nothing. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, what does it cost you? Absolutely nothing. What does it cost you when you say to him, I want you to take my life and use me for your glory? What does it cost you? Everything. It costs you everything. So actually to pray this prayer and to say, Lord, I want you to bless me. I think he's saying, I want you to bless me. I want you to expand. I want you to your hand to be on me. I want you to protect me. I want you to use me for your glory. So think about it. Lord, bless me by using me for your glory. Expand my borders. Use me more and more. Let your hand be upon me in your power. Keep me from pain. Protect me as I serve you. So I think the very first aspect of this prayer that many people miss because when they see the word, please bless me, they're thinking he's wanting things. He's not. I don't think he's wanting things at all from the flow of the prayer. I think he's saying, Lord, I want you to use me. I want you to bless me that when I get to the end of my life, I can look and say, wow, you used me for your glory. And I think our greatest blessing would be that God would take our lives, the gifts, talents, and abilities that he's given to us, and we could use them. And when we stand before him, what would he say? Well done, good and faithful servant. Is that going to be a blessing? You know, when you stand before Jesus Christ at, at the judgment seat of Christ, uh, which is a rewarding stand, don't we want to hear him say, Well done, I took your life, you offered it to me, and I used you. And this is the greatest blessing that could ever be. And we're going to talk, we're going to talk more about it. We'll talk more about it as we get through it. So we could pray, Lord, bless me. Use me for your glory. Pour out the blessings you have for me. Bring my life to, to be able to be used by you to bring joy and blessing, and, and my life would count for you. So let me give you some applications, and then we can go on to our grow groups. This is number one, let's understand the prayer of Jabez. Don't, it's not a prosperity prayer. I don't think it's for prosperity and saying, oh, I want a lot of things. And so if you pray the prayer of Jabez, you know, you're going to be wealthy. I think he's asking God to bless him, to use him uh, beyond what he could ever imagine. The second thing is, let's be men and women of prayer. Now, whether you want to pray the prayer of Jabez or whether you want to pray other things, you have the right to come to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere about anything. And 
that's what we should be doing. We should be going to him anytime, anyplace, anywhere about everything. That's the key. And so let's be men and women of prayer. And let's pray for, you can pray for yourself, pray for others as well. And the third thing, and this is the one I love, let's pray that God will use us for his glory. Now, let me throw something out. Have you thought about that we say the church, our church? Is our church this building? No, no. What's the church? That's us. Would we say, Lord, would you take this body of believers and bless us by using us for your glory? Use this local body in this community to touch lives here and throughout the whole world. You understand that our stuff goes out throughout the whole world. You know that. Just on our website, we get, we get letters and things from people from Australia and from Korea and from all parts of the world that actually watch our messages and go to our website and use our stuff. And so in one sense, God is saying, I'm going to take this body and I'm going to use this body not only right here in this town, but throughout the world. And it starts where? It starts right here. So let's say, Lord, take this body and let's pray that he will use us for his glory.